Your favorite thing to do on a day off? Binge watch television. Hello, and welcome to Reba Watchables, your favorite Reba recap pod. The revolution has already been televised, which is what we talk about maybe weekly, sometimes weekly when we're really lucky on this podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Natalie Weiner. I'm Johnny Opping, and we have another great guest this week. We have a the digital content manager for the Dallas Mavericks. He's on your Twitches, your podcasts, <laughs> your Twitters. He writes every now and then. Um, we have Bobby Corella. Hey, Bobby. Thanks What's for up? Hey, thank you all for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to, to talking Reba. Yeah, I mean... We usually start by just asking people to kind of go through your personal relationship with Reba, the artist, the television show, the icon, if you will. You know, just tell us a little bit about your backstory with the woman of the hour, as it were. All right, so my Reba journey began back, I don't know, I guess it would be somewhere around like 94, 95, uh, <laughs> whenever the, the hit movie Little Rascals came out. <laughs> Because she plays A.J. Ferguson, who's like the best driver in the world or the best driver there is or oh, something. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the whole sort of like the whole theme of Little Rascals is all these little boys are like, oh, girls have cooties. Girls are lame. <laughs> and then at the end of the movie, A.J. Ferguson reveals themselves to be Reba. And they're like, it's a girl. And then it Whoa. totally like flips their whole their whole point of view on the opposite sex. And I think that's that's just really based. And so my <laughs> first exposure to Reba was was that. Um, and at the time, you know, in my in my little young man mind, um, I had never been ingratiated with like country music or anything like that. So I, I just thought that she was like an actress that or or like a real race car driver. Like I had no <laughs> idea who this person was. And then later I found out uh, she is a very successful like celebrity person. And as a matter of fact, the cast of Little Rascals is like star studded. They, they were like 15, 20 deep in this movie. It's crazy. But, uh, but yeah, that was my first exposure to Reba. And then I realized as I was watching the episode today, mm -hmm. I, I don't know, Natalie, I, you're, you're kind of the, the foremost Reba authority in my life. <laughs> is the theme song also a, like a radio play song? Because I knew the theme song and yeah. I, I didn't know if I knew it just from the show or if I knew it from like my day to day, you know, no, gro was... growing up as we all do in Reba's world. <laughs> Yes. I mean, they play it, the Mavs play it during warm-ups a lot. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Um, it was definitely a single also. I think, like, it's possible you've heard it in recent months because it's, like, been a meme, you know? Like, it got adopted by the TikTok community. Um, so oh, wow. it's possible that you've just kind of, like, as being a kind of, like, online personality as you are, like, you might have just heard it in your travels then, but... It was a single at the time, you know, like they obviously released it like in conjunction with the start of the show kind of. Okay. It's very kind of you to, uh, to call me an online personality like that. But do you <laughs> think that it, it, did it take off on TikTok before or after the Reba Watchables pilot aired? Well, oh, well yeah. I, it's funny that you should ask that because triggering it, question. It, it, it happens <laughs> to have been after um you know it's fine we're okay with kind of like not really being acknowledged for our role in it's, you know being ahead of the zeitgeist as I mean, it were being ahead of the zeitgeist means like you you champion something and get eye rolls 
but then a bunch of people say like i mean they did it like we like yeah it won't be it's just it won't be corny if we also do it right and then it blows up and then it's like the originators don't get the credit right yeah no absolutely the cost of being pioneers you know yeah Um, it's the same thing happened like with google (laughs) yeah (laughs) we created reba watchables in our garage yeah, it sounds like every every good entrepreneurial come up story. So mm-hmm. this, this is great. Uh, yeah, no, but thank you for observing and kind of like giving credit where credit is due. Honestly, so the real you, ones know. The real ones know. Had you ever uh, watched? Is this the first episode you've ever watched of Reba? I think so. I mean, there's a chance that it would have been on TV back in the day because, okay, so growing up, primarily, I was like a Seinfeld watcher and Everybody Loves Raymond. Those were the two shows that were always on. Just like a New Um, York guy through and through. Yeah, truly. You know, that's why I like sports, I think, because of Ray Romano. But uh, That's why you're a sports writer. Yeah, yeah. I'm living my my childhood dream. Uh, My dad really loves those two shows. And then I would also watch Friends whenever it was on, you know, because my sister loves Friends. Still in New York. Yeah, Jeez. so those were we. I can't escape the East Coast, um, <laughs> and so those were the three big shows. But I remember, you know, seeing an episode of Roseanne every now and then, or of you know, uh, King of the Hill or whatever, Wh- whatever your random like TBS. <laughs> those two shows is. are not anything like each other. <laughs> just, does, does King of the Hill happen in New York? Is that a New York show too? Or <laughs> shut up! But, but I'm just like, saying, Roseanne and King of the Hill. Come on, we we got it. King of the Hill is in a totally different tier than than your Roseannes. But anyway, uh, I mean, I, I I would I would not know. I I trust you on on this. I trust you on this. Honestly, but I, Bobby, I, was... I think you would love King of the Hill. I think yeah. if you started binging King of the Hill, you would. I mean, your feel very your fulfilled. life was literally. Wait like, a minute! Wait you're... a minute! Sorry, sorry. No, King of the Hill rules. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, what's the one King where? Of Queens. King of Queens. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, King like, of the Hill is awesome. Like, how could you say you awesome. wouldn't know King of the Hill? Like, you grew up in Louisville. You literally were, like, living in King of the Hill. Yeah, no, King of the Hill is, like, King of the Hill is, like, a Hall of Fame tier. Okay, yeah. King of Queens, the Kevin James one, right? Um, so I, I haven't watched a lot of sitcom TV in my life, but I might have seen, like, a random Reba show, you know, like a random episode yeah. on. Yeah. And I also remember, I don't know what station it aired on, you know, whenever it was being made, but I remember seeing like episode trailers and like, you know, commercials for it. So the, right. the Reba sitcom has always been a part of my life. Yeah, no, that's, that makes sense. Um, I also want to backtrack slightly and be like your synopsis of Little Rascals. Like I need to see this movie right now. It's no, like yeah. literally an so emergency. I, I haven't seen it. Ever. I, I think I've never seen it. No. seen it like saw it 10 times, you know, at whatever age I was when it came out, and I know I loved it, and I didn't remember any of what Bobby said mm-hmm. until he was saying it, and I was like, "Oh no, I remember all." Of, like I literally remember her taking off her helmet, and it's like, "Oh my god, it's it's a girl," <laughs> you know, and I only realized that it was Reba like a month ago because somebody else brought her up. Oh yeah, like in that movie, like on the pod. But so. yeah, very influential I mean, film. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a lot of fun, you know. Uh, we'll do. We a, might need to do a special pod, yeah, an emergency a little pod, rascal, <laughs> little rascal watchable. It's the extended Reba universe. Exactly. You know? No, we already we did a Reba holiday movie yeah. for our last episode. So we gotta do little rascal, little rascals, <laughs> and tremors. Yeah. No, tremors is gonna be that's gonna be a big one. Honestly, maybe that should be like the live. 
pod someday yeah. when we do our when we do our famous live pod at Barley House. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby will be there. And Bobby you, will be there. It'll depends. be all of the Ottoman Turks and Bobby. It's either the Barley awesome. House or the American Airlines Center. <laughs> yeah, depending just, on if you can get us the American tickets. Airlines Center, you know, then we don't need to be. <laughs> I probably can. Oh, did you know? So I'm looking through uh, Reba's filmography, uh, which for some reason is number nine on her Wikipedia. It feels like it should be much higher. Uh, She was also in the 2006 remake of Charlotte's Web, and she was in The Land Before Time 14. (laughs) What? Did she play Reba or a dinosaur? (laughs) She played Etta. She yeah. plays like a dinosaur with like somehow like some red, red hair. hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. If we get to the Land Before Time fourteen rewatchables episodes, I think we'll be a millionaire by that point. You know, yeah. because we like that's so deep into yeah. the. I mean, that's so far into the Patreon exclusive <laughs> content. <laughs> <laughs> that's like at the top tier of the Patreon. You have to pay like a thousand dollars a month if you want the Land Before Time. <laughs> 14 episode <laughs> the first 13 are all like building up to Etta's role <laughs> in 14 it's all like it's important background and canon you know, to dig into. and it's like like land before time five or just like all right so it's you know like look for easter eggs of what might be like alluding to a reba uh cameo later <laughs> oop that dinosaur had a southern accent you know they know Etta. that dinosaur knows Etta. that's true that's true. Could be Etta's mom or dad. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So no dinosaurs in this episode. No. Um. The episode. Do you have the information on the episode? Like what? Oh well, yeah. Number I just, it is. I just looked it up. It's episode sixteen. It's called Vanny Dearest, which is just a lot to process for anyone. <laughs> um. It aired March fifteenth, two thousand two. So, almost the first St. Patrick's Day since 9 <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. A real bitch um, It's like red, white, and blue beer instead I mean, of green beer. But you know, honestly, like, that's like a thing, though, I bet. Because, like, you know, New York's finest. There's that's a lot true. of them are Irish, so mm-hmm. it's a whole... Oh, my God. The whole, the whole thing. I don't know. I'm not sure where to go with that. I'm just going to steer quickly away from it. Um, but, do you um, think they had a parade in Dallas that year, or do you think they skipped it? Oh, I'm sure they had a Greenville parade. I think, I think, ni- I mean, you don't neither- think the threat of terrorism on Greenville was too strong to? I think neither the threat of terrorism or the threat of COVID 19 has ever stopped Greenville from uh, <laughs> uh, drinking green beer. Um, 4.2 million people tuned in, so hashtag. Not enough. <laughs> I mean, that's like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a good analog. I mean, honestly, like today, who even like has 4 million Twitter followers? And she had that many people just tuning that's in. That's true. I mean, a... TV was the original Twitter. So Everybody's always... One view it. equals one follower. <laughs> one like, you know... LeBron is lucky to get 3 million views on a Tuesday night game against the Warriors. That's you know, true. so just think about that. Yeah. yeah. These are like NBA Christmas day ratings. This is like Michael Jordan numbers. This is <laughs> yeah, this is, this is like Western Conference Finals. You know, this yeah. is episode 16. 
you know, these I people have invested a lot of time. This season is like appro- we're approaching the end of season one, so it is kind of like nearly conference finals time of, <laughs> of, of the Reba season, like maybe semifinals. I mean, it actually is like championship season in the Reba Watchables Fantasy yeah. League, so it's kind of. I mean, we're this is like. And we're approaching, like, Vince Carter, Allen Iverson, Eastern <laughs> semis is when this was happening, I believe. So. Wow. That, that could be another segment to add. What was happening in sports the day that this episode of Reba aired. Ooh, like, that yeah. would be really good. Well, I know the Mavs went 59-23 and 23 this year. Wow. Oh, yeah. That was a good year. Did you just know that off the top of your head, or did you look it up? Uh, I guess that off the top of my head, I'm going to double check now because the last thing I want to do is say something wrong about the Mavs on the internet. So I'm going to check that out. But I also did a little research too. Uh, oh, 57 and 25. Oh, I'm an wow. idiot. You were really close. Yeah. I'm an idiot. I thought they were better uh, than they were. I, mean, I also did a little, a little pre-search on this and, uh, the number one song in America at the time was Ain't It Funny by hey. J-Lo featuring Ja Rule, the murder wow. remix. And, you know, I think that's really cool because it... it it demonstrates that, you know, Reba was influencing kind of the lexicon too. Um, you know, it wasn't oh, called yeah. "Isn't It Funny." It's "Ain't It Funny." Right, <laughs> that's true. It's like, it's like the you know, like a like a country crossover without, that's without true. the like, consciously calling it a country crossover. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. Yeah, Reba. Reba was the missing piece, but you had your pop, you had your hip hop, <laughs> exactly. and then you I'm had surprised Reba, Reba wasn't on the murder remix. <laughs> She might be uncredited, but we'll see. <laughs> the, Mer- the Reba Reba had beef with Benzino. <laughs> uh, Wait, I, all right. So, fifty-seven win Mavericks team. I think me and you know most of the players. I mean, you know all the players. And I, I'm sure I could draw most of the players from that team. Uh, which player from that team do you think was most likely to be watching the first season of Reba <laughs> as it was happening? Oh man. Uh, was Dan Dickow on that team that year? <laughs> you talking about Dr. Dickow? I think... <laughs> I, I think he might have been with the Mavs that season. I bet you I bet you he's watched Reba before. I mean, no, he didn't come around till later. Okay. He, he was on the Mavs like in season five. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because he's from Gonzaga. I feel like he's like a kind of a country guy. I could see him yeah. watching Reba. I, I bet, mean, and not just because this is a name everybody knows, but I bet you Dirk and Nash have seen at least seven episodes of Reba. <laughs> no, yeah, I was going to say, like, like, if you were to ask me wh- like how many one of them would watch, I'd say five. But guaranteed two together. Like, watched, you know, sitting next to each other on the couch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Finley was there for the first, like, five minutes, till the first commercial break, and then he was just like, no, I'm going home. Yeah, he was like, man, this is, this sucks. <laughs> I'm going to go do something fun, like go to the loon. <laughs> TBT. Um, okay, so we're gonna let Natalie give a brief synopsis of what actually happened this episode, which, like, in my opinion, very little happened. Yeah, it was so. like anticlimactic even for an episode. Well, there are a lot of Reva episodes that pack in plot, and this one just had like not much there. Right. Anyway, the main, the main, the crux of all of it in this episode is that Van uh, wins Player of the Year for. Sugarland, I guess. Um, for uh, whatever, he has to go to some like football awards banquet because he's the best cornerback in all of. I mean, if you find him the best player, in all yeah. No, I Houston, know, yeah. but it's just anyway. Yeah, it's silly, but Reba 
hears that he has this, you know, award happening and he says, like, I wish my parents could be there. You know, he's famously estranged from his parents after he, you know, got a girl knocked up as a teen and then got married to her and all this stuff. Anyway, so he's like, I wish my parents could be there. And Reba says, I know what I'll do. I'll go find his mom who's only ever like working out. His mom who is a different actress in this episode than she was before. Mm -hmm. yeah. But it's okay. We we don't need continuity. The first actor held out for a lot more money. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they saw the ratings and were like, no. no yeah. I, I need double. Fair, honestly. Um but yeah, she gets the mom to come and then the mom, for some reason, reacts by like being incredibly clingy and just like hanging out at Reba's house all the time because she's like, well, you know how to be a mom, so you'll teach me how to be a good mom or something. Anyway, so she annoys everybody by being like kind of a rich bitch, basically. <laughs> um, Van tells her to leave. Then Reba... Cheyenne is jealous. Is kind yeah, of Cheyenne is also jealous, um, which is kind of like irrational I mean, you can't really be jealous of, of somebody's mom but um anyway so reba has to then go talk to the mom again and be like no 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 like van wants to have a relationship with you he just we can't have you like hanging out at my house all the time and the mom's like okay you know whatever they have some sort of like motherly confessional time yeah and she basically is she talks to the mom like she's seven years old. Yeah, exactly. And the and, mom is like an idiot, apparently. So. And then B plot is uh, Jake and Brock. Like uh, basically, bonding, just, basically just Jake doesn't like his grilled cheese sandwich that Brock makes, and Brock like thinks into it. I guess has some parent grief, divorced dad like guilt. guilt I guess. Yeah. And but it turns out he like actually doesn't like whole grain bread and that's so, so sort of a pointless plot i mean and i kind of liked that they like took it there you know they kind of like made brock look irrational for like reading too much into it you know yeah that they didn't go with like the easy like after school special thing and make it like oh jake's sad about the divorce he'll never be happy with anything yeah. but, and but then they went just... back to like no no jake doesn't matter don't worry <laughs> yeah, exactly. he'll be happy with whatever he does <laughs> um and then the other, like, kind of subplot is that Kira gets straight A's, and she's like, nobody will really care about me, and she's right. Yeah, so. and the, like, it, she was validated by that notion. Um, so, yeah, Bobby, what'd you think? Anything that stood out about this one? How did you feel about, like, or I guess, like, first question, as someone who doesn't, hasn't watched Reba, did you more or less, like, put it together pretty quickly who all these characters were and what was going on? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I've listened to uh, I've listened to some Reba Watchful episodes <laughs> myself, and so I know, like Natalie, what you were saying, like this is comparatively a uh, a pretty drama free episode. Like the series starts with two people being pregnant, like right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. heavy stuff, and uh, you know, out of wedlock or whatever. And so this is this is a much lighter episode. But you know, the the person that wrote this episode wrote like fifteen episodes of Futurama. Really? <laughs> that is yeah. very and random. so I think it's I think it's kind of funny that like or kind of cool that nothing was happening in this episode that was too heavy and so like they just they, they were able to get as many jokes off as they could so I was laughing like the whole time <laughs> like, genuinely laughing there was a lot of funny stuff like uh the the whole bread conversation yeah but, like at, at first like in the in their first scene in the kitchen like half this episode takes place in Brock's kitchen right yeah. mm -hmm. and Brock is you know making this grilled cheese 
And he's like, I wish I was an octopus, so I had eight arms. And little Jake is like, why? And then he said, so I could have so many arms to tickle you with. Ha ha. And, and Jake is laughing. And then, uh, you know, Brock is like, yeah, your mom sucks too, by the way. <laughs> she, she didn't think I was funny. She's lame. And then later on, you know, later on, like the dad is returning the favor, giving this very heartfelt, like, I love you so much no matter what happens. Like, even though we're divorced, I'm still always going to be your dad. I'm still always going to love you. And the son was like, that's fine, but like your bread is garbage. Yeah. Like, just the whole, like the whole deadpan nature of the episode was really, really funny to me. And um, about Kira, I thought Kira kind of like stole the show in this episode. I thought she was, she was really funny, but like the first line of the episode is like, man, no one in this family ever pays me any attention. And then the entire episode like proceeds to just not pay her any yeah. attention right. at all. So like even the writers are just owning her. So I, I feel really <laughs> bad for Kira. It's but, uh, I, I thought it was a great episode. It, that's like uh, any other show would have wrapped up the last scene by like throwing her a bone and they just refuse. They're yeah, they like, were no. just like, like, no, nobody cares. We're glad, her. like the writer, like the sort of vibe is like, well, it is sad, but like we're glad you know your place in this family as someone who yeah, will yeah, not get like, attention. Like, you're even less important than your little brother. Yeah, exactly. At least he gets to eat a sandwich. Like, <laughs> she was shown, like, about to eat a piece of pie. You know, but she was, like, too busy rolling her eyes to even eat dessert. It's, uh, and it's, like, I mean, our, our sort of joke about her is that she's just, her humor is so much, it's not just, like, oh, she's 13 and has right. the sense of humor of, like, an 18-year-old. She has the, the sense of humor of like an old man yeah <laughs> and what did she She's say just like larry david like in yeah. the house <laughs> she had some joke that she made when she got home oh she made like a pretty brutal joke that was just didn't fit with like the family humor mm. which is kind of her thing where she said uh they're like oh my mom's gone she said what did you drive a steak through her Heart, oh which is already yes. brutal, and then Reba kind of like half scolds her, and she makes the she most like, like shrug, like ah she fuck off, I hate all of you. <laughs> she just like goes, she just like walks off. Yeah, I mean, and it was like it validated everything we already felt about like the biggest problem with this family, and it's that the two youngest kids are just raising themselves. Like she got, she explicitly said, "No one pays attention to me." And they went on to not pay attention to her. And then, like, the Brock-Jake thing was, like, kind of sweet and it was funny. But it's basically, like, this guy This guy knows that he's such a bad... He's so... <laughs> such a small part of his son's life that he's, like, spiraling over the fact that, like, he made a grilled cheese right. wrong. And like, also, like, the whole point of that storyline is just that he, like, doesn't even... Like, he can't even deal with, like, the most basic, like, kid thing like feeding his kid something right. that he will eat you know like he like can't even do that and it's like wow he's really just incredibly inept and um, the whole theme of the show is how to be a good parent right, right. like reba <laughs> is like telling van's mom like no this is what you have to do as she is actively neglecting her daughter <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's like it, it, like i thought so there's a point in the beginning of the episode where reba goes to van's mom's gym where she's constantly to convince her to come to this football banquet and then van sort of tells her off a little bit later and the mom overreacts and and she's like out of van's life again so reba goes back to the gym and that was the point where i was kind of like i mean maybe 
like maybe the first visit to the gym was well intentioned, but like maybe like stay the fuck out of it now. Yeah. You know, like I don't know. You can't just keep like making an adult try to be a parent. Right. You know, and also like you're saying, it's like going to the gym at presumably like nighttime to <laughs> talk to this person who talk this person into be like a bare minimum mother. It's like maybe <laughs> spend that time with either of your two children who are of like an age of development that right. they could use any sort of attention. It's pretty bleak that she likes her sort of like adopted son more than she likes her actual children. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I, I mean, mean, and also does Brock. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, it's funny too, because it's like Van, I feel like, I feel like anybody who's watched the show, Van is kind of becomes like a fan favorite. Like mm -hmm. he's probably the funniest character and he's all, pretty much always like well-intentioned. So like he's really likable. So, of course, he gets a lot of lines, gets a lot of plot lines, and it's like, well, yeah, that dynamic's working on everyone. <laughs> and that's working on Reba, too. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, a, like, she's like, I'm going to be a good mom, but, of course, if I had a choice between hanging out with Van or Jake and Kira, like, I'm trying to, one of them's fucking cool, and one of them, two of them are buzzkills. We haven't even, like, addressed uh, Van's, like, football storyline in this. Yeah. It's, it's perplexing, like, what, I mean, we will never be able to figure out, uh, unless there's an episode, I'm, sh I'm assuming there's gonna be, like, a recruitment episode, but, like, how good is Van, I mean, Bobby, did you take this as he was the best football player in Houston? Is that how I you, think Sugarland. Sugarland, but it Maybe. was the Houston Chronicle that was there. Oh, that's true. The thing is, though, I mean, I know, you know, the constraints of sitcom television in the 90s or early 2000s, but, like, that was the smallest ballroom ever. So I, I just, I have a hard time believing that it was that big of a ceremony. You right. Know? It, it was sort of like, you know, and there was, like, kind of, it's like they didn't know, like, they're like okay, we're going to have Van get a football award. And then, like you said, small ballroom. And then even the people that were there, it's like the writers and producers were like, I don't know what kind of people we put. Like, do we put other young people? Like, do we put other potential award-winning high school football players mm -hmm. or just, like, make it be, just like, white suburban parents right. and kind of, like, not ask questions? I, I, you know, and then they said that the SMU coach, coach was, was there. there. Which, why would, is that a thing? Do coaches go to, like, awards banquets? Wouldn't they, like, go to a game or something? I don't know. I mean, I guess yeah, you get a free meal. Network? <laughs> yeah, <true>. exactly. <laughs> I, and I think what happened was that it was, like, a, the, the sports equivalent of, like, a PTA meeting or something. Or like, some sort of <laughs> district sort of, you know, um, sort of whatever, banquet. Mm -hmm. And then the presentation to him was just sort of like something that also mm -hmm. happened, you know. I okay. guess, but there was like a little banquet. There was a banner in the back that said like "All City," you know, right. whatever. I mean, so, I don't know. Yeah, they're definitely sort of like playing fast and loose with like how high school football works. Yeah, it's not you very know. believable. They they almost lost me <laughs> with that storyline. You know. I mean, it's. I do. I would just. At the banquet, I knew it wasn't going to happen, but I was sort of holding out hope that there was going to be, like, a montage of his, like, like his, like his like, <laughs> highlight reel. You know, that his, like, max really prep good. highlight reel. Yeah. And it's, like, and they could just show, 
like an awesome cornerback. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's gonna be a guy wearing a helmet. So they could just show real footage of like the best cornerback of that year and like they weren't thinking that big. Yeah. I mean and no cornerback is like six five or whatever Van is, so it would immediately <laughs> not <laughs> not be believable. Another like note from this aspect of the episode is that um the Houston Chronicle, as you know, is present and Cheyenne's like really fired up about getting her picture in the newspaper. Um, which, you know, feels like kind of a bygone thing. Sure. Like nobody cares about that in twenty twenty one. But um, you know, the power of print, etc. But like she goes and is like posing for pictures with Van, you know, to get in the paper. And then she's mad because a picture of him with his mom is what winds up being printed, mm-hmm. which is like no newspaper is ever going to print, like, a high school quarterback and his girlfriend, like, in the paper. Like, like the mom makes a lot more sense. Also, He's, like, like, mad about it. But... As you're saying this, the, like, Luca parallels here. Uh... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um... That's funny. I thought that scene at the beginning, too, like, whenever Cheyenne and Van were talking about, you know, it, we're going to be in the paper, like, that's going to be awesome. You know, the all-state player who's this just this football superstar and his beautiful trophy wife. Right. right. Everyone thought that was really sweet. And I'm like, dude, that's just weird. Like, even Reba was like, oh, that's just precious. Yeah. You know? yeah. I, I thought that was kind of like, I don't know. I thought that was a little iffy. I well, thought that was a little iffy. It's sort of like, I mean, I guess you're supposed to normalize it because it's not actually a bad thing. And that's sort of the point of the show. But you're right in that if I'm reading that newspaper, I'm like, oh, this guy's like, this is the guy who won the best, uh, best. Player, player of the year, all city, and you're like, he's married. Uh, yeah, like that's this wild. Is his, like, oh, his girlfriend's like. I think Bobby's saying like the wife, the trophy wife part. Well, is, like, yeah, bad I mean, part. yeah, the label. Tra- it's it's just kind of like I don't know. It feels like uh, it I feels mean, like Reba would would like want more. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> just to aspire to be like a that's trophy true. wife. Like that's she, not a sweet thing to say. I think like. I don't know. It's definitely dated and like, no, I don't think anybody would say that in a show now, but I feel like his implication with that was just like trying to be like, you're hot. I think you're hot. And so Reva's like, ah, like he loves his wife and thinks she's hot. I guess. Oh, okay. I like, like he didn't have like cruel intentions with that. <laughs> I think, I don't think so. I think it's just like a times have changed thing and he's trying to like give her a compliment, basically, but it definitely doesn't sound great. <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, it, it's like, a, that's sad, it's a sad world when, like, being, quote, unquote, like, hot enough to be a trophy wife is, like, something women should aspire to, you but, know, but that's clearly, like, what I they're mean, trying to. Reba did make the face, like, you're saying, of, like, kind of gave, like, an awe face, mm-hmm. but Kira gave, like, her, you know, Ro- she's, roll, she's like, like, give me a fucking break. Yeah. <laughs> Kira is, she's just on beat. She's like, I make straight A's. You think I'm going to be a trophy wife? <laughs> but that, so, okay, that's, that's another thing, and I don't know if this is ever answered in a, a different episode, but, like, Kira seems very smart, so I don't know why it's such a shock whenever she gets straight A's. I feel like, uh, I feel like they should all expect, you know, not, like, put pressure on her to achieve, <laughs> But I feel like they should sort of be used to her success. That's true. I mean, it could be the first time that Reba's ever seen her report. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, get all city and I might pay attention. (laughs) You haven't even won a geography bee yet. Come on. do, Do better. I mean, I really thought that scene where Brock, like, charges in and he's like, 
did you hear Van, like, just won this award, like, blah, blah, and he's all excited to Reba. I thought she was going to correct him and be like, and Kira got straight A's or something, <laughs> and, like, that just didn't happen. Yeah. She's, he's like, which one's Kira? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, should we start with some of our categories? Yeah, we can get into the segments. Um, we'll start out. We got a an NBA head expert with us. <laughs> so who better to handle the J.R. Smith Award, original award, for the character who makes the big blunder, messes up, just is like sort of objectively wrong or being silly or makes a mistake, but then by the end we still love him mm-hmm. uh or her uh but i said him because it's van so often um <laughs> but yeah i mean like the problem with this episode is that very little happened in mm-hmm. the episode it was sort of like honestly like nothing happened they just kind of like talked for a while and the mom ended up like i mean i guess slightly less of a shitty mom it could be brock <laughs> Yeah, like he, he didn't really like fuck up. He just was stupid. Yeah, I mean he was, he fucked up. Well, I will. I, I okay. So I turned to you, and said, during this episode, and said, it was a, it's objectively insane to make a grilled cheese sandwich with multigrain bread. Yeah. Like it should be white bread. Like that's what. <laughs> like what are you doing? So he did make a huge fuck up, and then the fact that he like wanted that he was so stressed out about, you know, the dynamic and relationship with his son, and it turned out to not be a big deal, is obviously, like, endearing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he, yeah. he was scared, but it turns out it's fine. Uh, so that sort of works. I mean, obviously the unmentioned thing here is that, like, he felt that way because he is a bad dad mm-hmm. and has neglected his kids and right. cheated on their mom. But I, I'd be willing, I mean, that... That grilled cheese thing, that multi-grain thing was such a fuck-up I mean, that I'd be like, willing to... When Jake said, like, you use this bread with seeds in it, or whatever he said, yeah. like, it, Johnny and I just looked at each other because it's like we've had this exact same conversation, like, in our house. <laughs> because <laughs> I was like, I want to buy, like, the multi-grain whole wheat bread or whatever, you know, like, it's, like, slightly healthier, you know, and Johnny was like, what are you doing? I'm not, I mean, I'm not... <laughs> anti-grain but she's kind of like if it's like eight grain or 14 grain i'm like which one do we get she's always like the more the better baby. <laughs> yeah, it's I, fiber i think i think we have a lot in common then natalie and I, I don't really know what you're talking about johnny because i don't think i've ever had a grilled cheese on white bread before i think it's always wow. been like whole grain like mrs baird's whole wheat whatever it's called um there you i go. don't ever remember there being i i think what jake says is like there's stuff in this bread. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think my bread has ever had stuff in it. Okay. On a grilled cheese, but I've also never had a grilled cheese on white bread. So hmm. I don't think it's as psychotic as as your uh as you're implicating but or implying. But I do think that uh the only reason he feels like he has to be a better dad and the only reason that it's not really about the grilled cheese <laughs> is because Brock is entirely aware, like you guys said, of how bad of a parent he is and right. so i think the only way that we could really reward him or, or bestow upon him such an important award <laughs> as the jr smith one is if he takes meaningful steps in future episodes True. instead improve. of just feel relief 
over and his son so not like hating him, him yet. His son a jar of peanut butter. Yeah, he just whipped out a box of saltine crackers and was like, "Job well done." You know, like that's not where parenting stops, dude. right? Like, and know, he, and basically more. he's like, if he likes, you know, if he doesn't like chunky peanut butter, then like I'm, I'm out of. I'm options. a bad dad. Yeah, again. exactly. <laughs> uh, Bobby, who do you then? Think is there? Do you have any nominees? Who um I don't know I mean I think uh, I think Brock's mom deserves at least a little love because even though her, not Brock's mom sorry Brock's Ben's mom. mom I mean Brock's mom does deserve some love for having to put up with Brock's shit for whatever eighteen years also his dad just died in an episode not that long ago oh so, so she, she, probably... she yeah she's probably a sweet sweet lady that needs a lot of love from everyone but uh, I I think Van's mom like. She certainly meant well. Now she's very like, you know, rich and just sort of like, oh, that's adorable. You say goodbye to your kids every day, you know, but she did sneak out of the house to go to Van's banquet right. and she she lied to her husband about it. And clearly, you know, it feels like her husband is probably uh, Van's father is probably the more of the driving force behind their sort of abandonment of their child. Not that right. that makes her any, you know, any less sort of responsible for it or anything, but like it feels like her heart is in the right place the whole time, even though I I, I think that I think that the separating factor um, between Brock and Van's mom is Brock knows that he should know better. Van's yeah. mom just feels like completely unaware. Sure. She's like very ill-equipped to be a parent, even though her son is already like eighteen years old. <laughs> feels like she should have learned sure. a lesson whenever whenever Van was like Jake's age. You know. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like it's true. I think the when she was talking about how she basically lied to him, uh, lied to her husband to come to the banquet, like, the it, there's definitely sort of a an implication you could read into that, like, this guy's a real piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Like, a real, like, that she would have reason to be scared to upset him. Right. Almost, you know? And so, it, basically, there was an implication that this was, like, the most she's ever stood up to him. Right. Which is pretty dark, but uh, it it is at least brownie points towards doing Being something well-intentioned. Yeah. yeah. And I, I feel really bad for her, too, because, like, she spends basically every waking moment at the gym. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of... Impl- there's, there's a lot you could take away from that as well, especially if she's in a relationship with a, a man who seems van's uh van's father seems to be you know it, so like there's right. it's, it's all feels i don't know it feels very dark but probably too heavy for a sitcom but then again this is reba <laughs> it does it's not afraid to go there as they say <laughs> i mean this like the the only other episode that van's mom was in they didn't even keep the same actor they just kept the trait that she's really got, like, serious like, like body dysmorphia yeah, yeah exactly. like she was like working out at like a home treadmill stairmaster the entire time or the entire last episode she was in and this one she was at a public gym but it's all just like you know like I and mean, that's another gym, it was a pilates studio oh, let's okay. be let's okay. be clear here it was, <laughs> it was, it was a no it was studio. reba's pilates studio <laughs> yes i mean that was like a big like you know like i wonder if one of the reasons that this episode didn't have that much plot is that whenever it was time to like file this episode, the writers were like really confident, and maybe realized like actually we didn't put that much plot in this. Like, 
Yeah, I think we kind of just like thought that we had it covered when we wrote that thing about her wearing like a the really 80s, funny aer- like, aerobics <laughs> outfit. <laughs> like we kind of were just like kicked our feet up and we're like, this is gonna be a banger. Kind of and like, like, kind of like really I love Lucy more. at the chocolate factory. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it was, it was that, watching her uh, sitting down on that machine and using like the the rowing machine things as like reins on a sled. That was yeah. really funny. That yeah, that whole bit was, was cute. The, the lady stretching and Reba's like, well, hello to you too. You know, like, that was really good. That was that whole thing was really good. And like, it was definitely like, it, I think people could watch that scene and just be like, this looks like dumb sitcom thing that is so outdated of like, oh, it doesn't take that much to, you know, to write jokes back then or something. But in reality, it's like that is, there's, depending on how you look at TV writing, it is good writing because everybody who's not obsessed with the gym feels that way when they go to the gym. You know, everyone else is, like, good at it and looks way too intense. Yeah. And, like, you're trying not to look like a fool. Right. Or not, in Reba's case. Right. (laughs) So our next segment is most incongruous moment. So just something could be as Mm. small as one line or one prop or as big as, like, an entire scene uh, that just was baffling like why was it how like what a weird choice by someone the writers or the actor the prop designer Hmm. i mean not a ton stood out i mean i'm gonna maybe make a suggestion that doesn't completely fall within the confines of the thing but i felt like the whole aspect that like van's mom would just like hang out at reba's house all day and just like watch her do all of her usual stuff like it's pretty unrealistic, even for, like, crazy rich lady, well, you know? And it didn't even, like, quite fit into the arc of, who, like... Yeah. It was, it was like, yes, she wanted to be back in Van's life, she missed Van, right. but it's, like, it was, like, she found out, like you said, Bobby, like, her son's 18, and, like, this is the first she's seen she's of, like, motherhood. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know, it's, like, she wouldn't just, I don't, it doesn't, it didn't make much sense. And I don't really think it was, like, necessary to kind of get where the thing wanted to go. They just kind of needed to, like, create an additional context for Reba and the mom to have, like, another conversation about, like, what parenthood yeah, means. And this is, true. like, what the the best that they could come up with. I don't know. Bobby, what did you think? Yeah, I think, so, just piggybacking off of uh, off of what you said. So, whenever, whenever she just stays after the kids go to school, it feels like they could have just extended the dinner sure. scene instead of adding in like her saying oh yeah i'll just watch you make 18 boy scout badges you know like they could have just made her be really disruptive and obnoxious at dinner with the kids that would make it more of a this lady's torturing us yeah for sure she could have been like so i'll be back tomorrow for the next dinner or something right and that would be the impetus for reba to be like no like yeah yeah yeah. um so there, there were two things for me one um everyone is drinking milk all the time that's I want to. I want to say that. So that that is incongruous with my uh, belief experience. system. <laughs> yeah. uh, very weird. Very yeah, weird. Yeah, it was it was odd for sure. I mean, I kind of got it like with the pie, you know. And I guess like you just I give. Kids I mean, I guess. I mean, I think it's it's one of those things where like though? it kind of yeah. works with like both individually, but as the writers, you have to have like. A little self-awareness. Some like, okay, we've had milk in one scene. Let's not have milk again. Like, There's milk in, like, five scenes. 
unbelievable. Like, God, someone just drink a coffee or something. <laughs> or just, you know, like, water. Like, like you, know, you know the person that would drink the coffee would be Kira. She would just be like, God, these fucking people. Like, I got a, I got a final tomorrow. All right. <laughs> uh, and th- there, there was one other line. So I, I have, like, my actual, my actual nominee. But uh, other runner-up is, I don't know if this is, like, sort of feels anachronistic now if this was ever actually word but at the very beginning whenever van is talking about uh van and uh cheyenne are talking about childbirth and cheyenne says you can actually have a baby underwater and van goes you know whales do that <laughs> and she just stands up and says is that a slam and walks away like is is slam like a word that was slam like, i feel like it's a thing that was said. i think maybe like slam like a diss well i think like yeah, I mean, I think diss has been consistent through many, many eras, but maybe, like, slam was the popular one before burn. Like, yeah. when did burn okay. become a thing? I don't know. I, was burn a thing before Usher's hit song, Burn? <laughs> yes. Okay. Are you sure? I think so. Was it, like, I mean, it wouldn't really make sense for that song to be the impetus of that because well yeah because he's, he's talking about that. you know let it burn yeah but i i just i don't remember hearing burn too much before that song came out. <laughs> yeah is no, that a big milestone good. in your life bobby it, when it is, burn was it released is, <laughs> it is, that whole album was very good um but then so my the my final answer is uh kind of just the whole general like cheyenne's initial apprehension about inviting van's mom to the banquet and like I understand disliking yeah. this woman once she's a part of your daily life and is really overbearing and just like everywhere all the time and kind of taking your husband's attention away from you or whatever. But just the initial, like, why did you invite her? She doesn't even like him. It feels like, especially if you're at that age, you would recognize how important it is to have a parent be part of your life or both parents right. be part of your life or whatever. Sure. And it just feels like Cheyenne would be a little more receptive at first and encouraging of like, I think that this is important. This is something that, you know, mom, you should do. This is something that Van, you should do. Let's try and make this happen. And then, you know, sort of uh, kind of sour on her as you get to know right. her more. It just felt like the initial, like, this is a bad idea was really, I don't know. It felt like not real. I mean, so I think you're right. And what's weird is like when those lines were happening, when she like was like, what did you do, mom? Like, why did you invite her? I thought the whole thing was that she was going to be right. And it was going to be, like, completely from the perspective of, like, Van's going to get hurt. Yeah, that's like, what I thought, too. Like, yeah. I know Van, and I know his mom better than you do. But, right. And so, like, you're meddling, and, and you he's going to get crushed because of this. Here. Yeah, And, like, it seemed so, like, clear that that's what was happening. But it was like, no, I mean, she's kind of just being petty. Yeah, like, exactly. She wants her picture in the newspaper. Exactly. Right. It, yeah. It's like the fact that it wasn't any deeper than that. It was like, well, you could have made this into a whole other thing. You know, yeah. there was another way to like make this make sense. But I mean, the best you can give them is that this is like a similar like Reba TV show trend of nobody's right. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like Reba surrounded by a bunch of wrong people, <laughs> and her trying to like keep keep them all from doing the worst decision. <laughs> But, yeah, it definitely was, like, it's, it also, in terms of it being incongruous, to your point, so much has been set up of, like, Bane is really stupid, and Cheyenne is not smart, or is at least as dumb as many teenagers are, 
but the thing that's going to make it work is just how deeply they care about each other despite right. being like young dumb kids and she this sort of implies that she like, doesn't give a shit <laughs> <laughs> like yeah i don't it was just weird to make because like she seems like she has emotional intelligence but then to just make it all about herself immediately was really it felt almost like out of character or something yeah. i don't know it, that's not the Cheyenne Montgomery <laughs> that i know <laughs> <laughs> it's not the Cheyenne you've heard discussed on Reba Watchables. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, honestly, unless I'm, you two saw something I didn't, I feel like this is going to be like the hardest episode for the Reba feminist icon yeah, moment. Yeah, no, I don't think that there's really... I, I mean, the, I guess the best you could say maybe is that it adds on to her... She's a very... Uh, She's not a petty person. Mm-hmm. I mean, she is in her, like, quips. She's good at, like, getting, you know, people with little little uh, jokes. But, I mean, based on how... So, in the previous episode that Reba's mom was in... I mean, that Van's mom was in... Van's... Both Van's parents, like, directly called her a horrible mom. Right. To her face. And they were, like, you know, um, shaming Cheyenne yeah. and stuff. And, and so, like... You could argue that her ability to just, like, to put all of that behind. I mean, that's just kind of being a mature person. It's not, like, feminist icon. Um, But, yeah, no, I don't know. It's the best I could come up with. I don't know. She, I mean, she doesn't care about her daughter. That's not very... (laughs) uh, Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think, like... Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if this is one where she's gonna yeah. claim that title fully, but she does. Do you just think that? Hmm? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, do you think that her last line, like where she's like, "There's more to being a good mom than just cooking food." Like, that's true. It, does that even count as as feminist? Because that's kind of like saying just do more than the least. Yeah, yeah, it could go both ways. It's either like you're not doing enough, you know, to be a good mom, or like. Being a mother is a way more complicated role than people give it credit for, you know, and, like, it requires a lot of, you know, kind of finesse and knowledge and stuff, you know. So, yeah, that one definitely could slice both ways, but I think it's possible. I think, like, her having kind of a discussion about a semi-non-judgmental discussion about, like, what it means to be a good mom, you know what I mean? She's not, like, super, like, saying wow, you are a horrible person for, like, Mm -hmm. what you've done, you know, even though she is. But I think, like, kind of being, like, well, there's different ways to be a good parent and, like, all this sort of stuff. Like, it doesn't just look one way. I guess that could be, like, a a feminist icon. And, I mean, she is, like, in... There are episodes where, like, it's implied that Reba's, like, in, like, made the wrong decision or is, like, frantic. And, like, she is in charge this entire episode. Like, she's, uh... She's the only, like, regularly sane one, which is the, sort of, the, the entire Reba show experience, but I don't know. I mean, not a... Midnight Drive to the Pilates studio is pretty psychotic. (laughs) Yeah, that is true. I mean, (laughs) the fact that she just stormed out, it was like, yeah, I'm going back. And it's like, you've got a family here. Like, you've got (laughs) kids, and they don't have a dad here. Like, what's... I guess, I mean... She's like, no, this is an emergency. There's sort of this unspoken thing of, like, I guess Van and Cheyenne living 
together there is that there's like a built-in babysitter right. that allows Reba to leave, but and they're famously irresponsible right. teens, so I don't know. But all right, Natalie, do you have a a song to pair with the episode? Yeah, I think I picked this one before, but it's just this song called Is There Life Out There, which is like Reba's kind of like housewife liberation anthem just because like there are some nods like throughout the episode like at the very beginning she's like let me check my calendar i'm free every saturday until the end of time you know and like just when she's explaining like her day-to-day to to van's mom and it's kind of like wow the reality of reba's life is like pretty unglamorous you know so it's not exactly surprising that she's sort of like digging into whatever drama comes her way you know what i mean just like a little bit of a diversion but anyway so is this late era reba or no this is like prime prime time 80s, early 90s early 90s yeah there's some pretty heavy lyrics in this song yeah it's it's intense but it's actually weirdly like the tone of the song like this the kind of sound of it is fairly upbeat so hmm. yeah but it is like it's intense but the music video is all like it's all happy, you know. I don't know. It's, it's... Oh, she's got a she's got a cap and gown. Yeah, exactly. It's like yay, ladies are doing things. Basically, <laughs> is like the point of the song. Um, but yeah, so we, we punching got up punching up a Reba joke. So I don't have. I don't know if you guys got one. Maybe I have like the beginning of a punch up, but I don't have it punched up. <laughs> I, I I so basically just have a note, which is not. Not it's kind of cheating, but when Reba said, "What did she say?" Like, I wish she would come. Like, I wish her mom, Van's mom would come or something. And then she walks through the door. Yeah. And uh, oh Kira yeah, and Kira says, says like, like, "I want a pony." I, she's like, "Next time, wish for a yeah. pony." That's not what Kira, Kira would, would say. Would, yeah, would wish for. Like, she's like her whole thing is that she's like not like you know stereotypical little girl i feel like i feel like she could have taken that moment to say something she would have said like next time wish for doc martens or something i don't know you know i don't know what kira would want she would have been like next time wish that your marriage didn't fail or something (laughs) (laughs) and then she would have like rolled her eyes and like walked out and like smoked a cigarette Damn. Yeah, that's pretty good. But did anything come up for anybody else of like a, just a joke, like a missed opportunity, or or just not a good joke for their standards? I only wrote down the good jokes. There were a lot of good ones. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Do you have some more you want to go over? <laughs> okay, so there there are two that I really really liked the most at the very beginning. Uh, you know, Van's just hanging out on the couch, I guess, watching TV or something. And uh, Cheyenne walks in. She goes, Van, what do you think? Should we go Bradley or Lamaze? And Van goes, well, Bradley, if it's a boy, but I don't know about Lamaze. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. <laughs> so funny. So funny. And then uh, later, later, later on, they're sitting around drinking milk again. And uh, mom comes over. And uh, they're just they're talking about Van's like asking mom, what do you think? Should we go Bradley or Lamaze? And then you can see uh, Joanna Garcia like holding back her laughter as she's about to deliver this line. She even like takes a deep breath and there's like this build up, you know, the music cuts. She goes, you know what? 
maybe you and your mom should have a right. baby. <laughs> Gets up and walks out. That's so funny. Like, like, oh my God, got him. Like, <laughs> you will never recover from this. You know, I, I thought it was so great. <laughs> so great. And like, I went back and watched it like five times because the delivery is so good. <laughs> but she is straight up like choking back laughter as she's about to say it. Because like, I think she knows like how just absurd it is. It was so funny. And no, oh, I mean, this, See, that, okay, talk so about this, a slam. I yeah, mean. exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a uh, like draws on a point that Natalie made, which is twice Bane and his mom kissed on the lips. Oh yeah, <laughs> we were gonna talk about that. Which that was pretty weird. I have a punch up, which is don't do that. <laughs> Move to the cheek or a hug. It was twice some... in the same scene, by the way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, it was hello and goodbye. And it yeah. was like, okay, Tom Brady, we get it. Like... <laughs> and like, this is someone you never see. Now, I don't know if it, if you see them more often, would that make it better or worse? <laughs> it would mean but more like... kissing. Yeah. So it's like... <laughs> it would be all the time. Yeah. You know, good morning. Leaving... Like, she tucks him in at night, too. It's very weird. Yeah. Yeah. It, because I, yeah, I don't really get it because it's like... It's just so many weird, it's like honestly like fucked up mom-son dynamics that they <laughs> yeah, like, sort so of make It them... goes from like zero to Oedipus in like, <laughs> you know, just 0.3 seconds. And they make it like like pretty central to the plot line, but are sort of like, I mean, we only have like, we don't really have that much time to unpack this. And it's like, well, what the fuck is the deal here? Because like the, the, the whole point is that she's a terrible mom who doesn't care about her kid. But then the other side of it is that she, like, that they kiss and she tucks them in, tucks them in. It's like, so what, like, what happened? He only moved out, like, what, six months ago at this point? Like, right. What happened when he was, like, 12? Like, how, like, what, what was the dynamic there? Like, because. I don't want to know. The implication yeah, is I that, like, I think we know the answer. I don't want to talk <laughs> about it. So, yeah, weird. Yeah, it could get really dark really fast. Um, yeah, and, yeah, and take get rid of some of the milk. That's that's another punch up thing. <laughs> yeah. Also, I feel bad. I, I like, you know, Re whenever Reba and, and and Vance's mom were talking in the Pilates studio for the first time, they were both like exercising very gently. All the other women in that Pilates studio were actually doing workouts while yeah. they were filming these scenes, and they must have been doing those stretches for like an hour. Mm -hmm. I, I think that that was really unfair and you know cruel to make them do that. I just feel really bad about that. Yeah, that's that's true. Unless there's like some sort of like, min I mean, I guess they get paid the same just from yeah, the they're just getting like scale or whatever. Yeah. How many how many times did that poor woman have to like raise her leg way above her head? Yeah, you that's know? true. Yeah, I Bobby, you're just looking out for the working working girl. Working, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. The superstars get all the attention. I'm, I care about the role players, you know. <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean that's pretty much sums up the episode. Did you have um, any other kind of like takeaways from watching this one? Do you feel like you're gonna watch another episode? I might honestly watch another episode. Hey. I, I'm, I might watch many more episodes. I mean, I just thought it was like it was just good you know, not mindless, but, you know, it was just good, clean fun. Yeah. Um, however, I, I do appreciate that there wasn't a lot of heavy stuff in this uh, in this episode. Not too much melodrama, yeah. you know, because I, I kind of have a, I'm a cynical, you know, a cynical young man. I have a hard time taking some of that stuff seriously. So I appreciate that it was like, 
the 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 moments of like introspection were punctuated by like jokes about whole grain bread you know <laughs> like i really liked that element of it so maybe this episode just suits my uh tickles my fancy a little more but i'm definitely gonna check out more reba that's for sure yeah we'll, we'll like text you like a future like very intense episode and okay, see if it okay. like is too much for you or if you're like this is the kind of intensity i like because it's it's got like a Kira whip quip in it that'll sort well, of like. Well, you could go back it. and watch the episode where Kira has a little crush on like a tuba player. That one's got Ooh. a lot of Kira. A lot it's of Kira. A little more serious. Or the other I want to Kira spinoff. What's like what's Kira up to these days? She's got to be like our age, basically, right? Like yeah, honestly, so. I think we googled it and it was it's pretty like rough. Sad. Yeah, she like had like an Hollywood disorder. And Hollywood stuff. shoot her up and spit her out. I think. Yeah. Oh, oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I wasn't really. I mean, I feel bad for. Scarlet Palmer's. I just mean like literally Kira, like the character, <laughs> like Kira Hart. Kira Hart, yeah. Yeah, like is you know, did did Hollywood chew, chew Kira up? Well, yeah, no. In season three, she does become a very successful actor, and uh, and then just comes back, and and Reba's still not impressed with her. Like they try to do a dinner for her like big Oscar, but they're like. Van just got selected to the Pro Bowl. Yeah, like he, he won his flag football game. So. We didn't even talk about the line where Cheyenne's like, you're definitely going to make it to the NFL. And everyone's just like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it. it is sort of like, that's the thing that's... I mean, it has been touched on on a few episodes of like how important football is. But there's this sort of like unspoken thing where are the other people that know Van and Cheyenne and the Hart family, are they looking at their situation and being like, God, he's really got to make the NFL or <laughs> it's going to be, I mean, I guess like I mean, nobody's struggling for yeah, money they've, here, they've got but money. yeah, it seems like, but also it's just like, neither of them seem like they're going to, you know, get a road scholarship. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, those are the two options. Yes. Go to the NFL, get a Rhodes Scholarship. If uh, he was really that good at football, they probably wouldn't disown him, his parents. They would probably, like, they'd probably <laughs> hang on, I think. Yeah. They would want to be along for the ride. Oh, yeah. Um, That's, like, honestly the thing. I mean, if you, if you think about it, the only thing, the first thing that caught the mom's attention was when she said, like, he got, sure no he got all city. Yeah. And he's like, Vanny got all city? Yeah. It's like, she and is... like little dollar signs in her eyes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we also, I feel like, need to just hammer home again. They said Van is being rec- the SMU coach. Yeah. Like, literally the university that is closest to us geographically. All of the people on this podcast. Right. Local um, ties. Exactly. So, yeah, Van, Cheyenne, they're moving to Greenville. I mean, also, though, I it's... Not to get too deep in the weeds on this, but 2001, wasn't SMU, like, still recovering from the death penalty, basically? Weren't they a horrible football program? <laughs> they were pretty bad, but they did have a couple good players in, like, the mid to late 2000s. I know this because uh, I played a lot of NCAA football 2008. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so they had, they're, like, uh, they're, not, they're not bad on that game. I mean, he would have been... He would have graduated, he would have been by, graduated then, by then. Yeah, you would have had to been playing Madden 2008. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> you can always pick your cornerbacks in Madden, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. You just, yeah, it's like, you, I'm not going to be the defensive, I'm not going to be the defensive end when I'm playing if Van's on the field. I'm just going to roam the field with Van at cornerback. <laughs> Champ Bailey style. Yeah, he's, he's a regular Trayvon Diggs. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Trayvon just tied Van's record. Do you think Trayvon Diggs has ever seen an episode of Reba? I don't know. I think I feel like Aiden would like it. Yeah, um, that's true. I could see. I mean, he's he's very famously very close with his brother, and it's a family show. I could see them. I feel bonding. like I can see Stefan having seen Reba more than I can see Trevon having. Ooh, that's seen interesting. Reba. Yeah, Stefan. He just I mean, gives older... off a kind of like more like goofy guy vibe, you know. Yeah, I mean, older brother sometimes like doesn't have to act cool because yeah, exactly. he's already older brother, and Trevon's right. like a little bit more like I got maybe it. like doesn't want to be seen watching Reba. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but then again, it's like in this scenario. Older brother controls the TV, so if yeah. Stefan wanted to watch it, Trayvon has to watch it. Yeah. So, yeah. But, so, Bobby, anything to promote besides the general Mavs season upcoming? Um, Not really. We got a lot of games left. Yeah. Uh, I'm streaming Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time on twitch.tv slash Dallas Mavericks. Hey. As far as I know, I think we're the only NBA team that's streaming on Twitch at all. And so we're wow. kind of in and uncharted five territory. Days a week? Five days a week. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Doing it for like two, three hours a day. Awesome. How many of those hours are devoted to Reba? Well, none yet, Henceforth. but... I will play this episode on stream one day. Oh I, I will 100%. I'll, I'm just going to roll basketball highlights on top of it, but mute it. And just, just, you'll have to listen to the audio if you want to catch some highlights. Do you have a hot take or a prediction that is like, this is it. So anybody who doesn't already follow you, uh, it's listening to this, like, like hook them in with something that's going to happen with the Mavs going forward. Oh man! Um, Are they gonna uh, surge at a certain month? Are they gonna? I mean, they're they're gonna finish top six for sure. Okay. They're gonna finish top six for sure. I don't know if they're gonna make any sort of like sexy trade or anything at at any point in the next like couple years. I think they're just gonna keep slowly getting better. But uh, Josh Green yeah. had ten assists last night, career Ooh. high. He is. Um, I think he he's gonna be a player. Whether it's in two years or five years or ten years or one week, he is going to be a major, major, major player in the he, NBA. I think. He's he's going to be averaging twenty four plus minutes a game at year undetermined. Is what you're saying? I'll say okay. How about this? By what year is it right now? Twenty twenty one. By twenty twenty four. Okay. By twenty twenty four, he will be averaging eight points, five rebounds, and five assists per game. Okay. Mm. Per right. game. And will he be... At least. We're writing it down. Is he... Would... He would have to be on a new Mavs contract at that point. Yeah. The first year of his Max contract. <laughs> <laughs> Delivering on that Max deal with his eight points. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, my other question, Natalie, I don't want to put you on the spot, but what's going on with the Wings? They made the playoffs, right? So, and but they got another high pick too. What's their What's their deal? Eww, I don't actually know what their deal I mean, is. I mean, got, what, what pick did pick, they get? Right? They have the fourth pick. I mean, it's always... they had so many picks last year, and they got like kind of a dud-ish class. Yeah. I mean, not a dud. Chelsea Dungy was in it, so never a dud. But right, right. I mean, the real what's with the Wings deal question is is chelsea dungy gonna play yeah uh, that's true or be like free chelsea dungy 
Do you think Chelsea Dungey's ever seen an episode of Reba? <laughs> I think Oklahoma. so, definitely. She's from Oklahoma. She's from Oklahoma. So, yeah. Oh, dude. Everyone's like from. legally required to watch like Oh my god. Yeah. What if Chelsea Dungey came on Reba Watchable? <laughs> oh my god. We honestly we 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 you could probably you. make that happen. We booked you because she had a last minute <laughs> I was wondering why you texted me five minutes before we started. <laughs> Luckily, I'd already seen this episode. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, I think the wings—they've got a lot of talent. Question mark. It's just sort of like having a player like Arike. It's challenging to build. I mean, I have a hot wings take. You're like you and think it's... you're like Ewing theory Arike. <laughs> no, it's Man. just that. It's just that the two the two best friends on the wings who have a very cool friendship that is a very cool story should not be on the same team because they are completely redundant players. Um, so we gotta we gotta and like they need somebody that'll pass the ball at some point. So it's like if you've got Arike and maybe they need Josh Green. Green. That's true. Ten off the bench. I'm telling you, he can move the ball. Yeah, that's. I mean, he can. If you can pass and you can dunk and you can play defense, I mean, can you shoot? We're just like hoping it's like a development of like. It could be down the line. He's Dorian like Finney Smith. Yeah, yeah. Dorian didn't become a shooter too. It was like 25, 26. So yeah. Josh has got. He's got plenty of time. Okay. All right. Well. All right, that's something to look out for. And in the current NBA landscape of how things are going, it seems like a player like Josh Green might get a lot of opportunities. Yeah, to be beaten by the Spurs in April at the game that we Ooh. will definitely be at. Natalie is a Spurs Ooh. fan. That, you know, that could be, rumor has it, that's Pop's last game. Oh, wow. That's what okay. some people some people suggest it could be. Our, I'm like so stressed right now because like everyone's like Becky Hammond's gonna become a WNBA coach and I'm just like no <laughs> like I don't know I talked to an unnamed NBA source and they said that like they don't think the Spurs are gonna make her a head coach like just because they are too conservative too which seems crazy but um but yeah so yeah that would someone's be gotta wild. be the first I mean it someone's, feels like someone's one of those, gotta be the first it feels yeah. like one of those things which is sad where every NBA organization wants to be the second team. Yeah. To yeah. Do, you know, and it's like, and once they're the second team, they're going to wish they were the first team. Right. Because, like, sure, you might as well get the good publicity mm-hmm. on top of doing the right thing. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's It it still seems, I'm, I would imagine that, like, the betting odds would still have Becky Hammond as, like, the leader for, for next Spurs coach. But. I would hope so, but I, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, yeah, we should... Do you think... I mean, I was looking at tickets for that game, and they are kind of expensive. I thought maybe that's because I was looking like so far out in advance, but maybe because people are scheming. I don't know. Could be. Spurs fans. It could be. I mean, also, it's the last game of the year, but I don't know if that really... I guess, really, usually the last game of the NBA season doesn't matter. Right. right. It's Unless like, it, it's like the farewell. You game. really have to, like... Things have to... Uh, work out a certain way for the game to have any relevance you know um and more often than not it's like one team it affects seating or something and the other team it doesn't matter at all that doesn't become apparent until like the really the day of exactly Exactly. yeah Yeah. i mean it'll become Mm. apparent for the spurs way before that 
how much Ooh. it matters. You know, the Spurs are only a game behind the Mavs right now. Are they really? Hey. Wow. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, Kelvin Johnson, Hive. No, DeJounte Murray. 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 He is the truth. He is. He's such a stud. He's Seattle legend. Let's go. I mean, he's like a. The way you're describing Josh Green, that's like a. Is like DeJounte like a high ceiling for Josh Green? Oh, dude. I don't. DeJounte feels like he's. He's like a star. Yeah. I don't know if Josh Green can be a star. I mean, I guess anybody can be a star, but like DeJounte's like (laughs) legit. Like, can be a star. You heard it here first. That's probably what we should wrap up with. (laughs) <laughs> is that anybody can be a star? Well, I mean, yeah. come on, Reba that's Watchables. A, that's like a Reba sort of ethos, right? Yeah. It is uh, definitely. That's but like, uh, like Dejounte's like putting up like almost Luca numbers. He's crazy. He's well, like he, twenty-two points, eight rebounds, seven assists a game, or something just wild. It always awesome. feels like he's like triple double watch a minute and a half into the second quarter. Oh yeah, it's like all right. Well, he's at eleven, seven, and five, so he'll probably get there. Yeah, he racks them up. Dude, and they got McBucket shooting threes. They're a fun team to watch. They're a fun team to <laughs> yeah, watch. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, cool. a, I'm a big Derek White fan. I like mm. that guy. But Bobby's just like, hmm, no. <laughs> we're a, a Jakob Pertle household. Oh, he it's Pertle's all the way down. Pertle rules. He rules. Pertle household. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, anybody power. who just watches Reba and doesn't watch basketball... It's checked out, but yeah. maybe... I mean, no. This is this is the intersection of sports and pop. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly where we need to be. That's true. Yeah, it's. I mean, it takes real outside the box thinkers like us to kind of just merge these two disparate worlds. So if you're yeah. not ready for it, like, sorry. Maybe yeah. there's another pop podcast. Some right. some other losers exactly. that you can go listen if, yeah, to. If you want to know about. Like Sports. Marvel movies or whatever. You yeah. could go listen to another podcast. If you want to watch some <laughs> podcast about fucking rounders, then you can, <laughs> I think that I can tell you what. Um, you know what they're not talking about on that podcast? Reba. Right. <laughs> Sports. All right. They, they just choose one. Um, Bobby, thank you so much for coming on Reba Watchables and for your participation in the Reba Watchables Fantasy League. I'm sorry that, like me... You know, we're both kind of out of it at this point, but... Oh, it was such a tough year. I was number one in points, like, all season long, and then my <laughs> whole team got hurt, and I just just completely fell flat on my face. It was tough. It was I mean, tough. You're talking to uh, a guy that's playing in the championship this week against yeah, Katie yeah, Barnes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Um, uh, well, so bad we'll, luck to you. No <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I mean, if, if I win, I think we got to have Katie on for, like, a quick... Yeah. How's it feel to lose to me? <laughs> oh, and if wow. she win, if they win, then we can, you know, I'll tweet congratulations or something. <laughs> if they win, they get the coveted uh, Buffalo Wild Wings design T-shirt oh, by yeah. Johnny. So. Exactly. It's um, all been like a front for me to get the t-shirt to like justify me buying yeah. a t-shirt that I already designed. If you need to order a minimum number of those shirts, I'll take one too. Yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Um, but uh, should yeah. I just make twelve of them for like the ranking that you made, in like the whatever place you finished in for the league? That would be really yeah. funny. Yeah. That would be very like the league, the show. <laughs> I'm number nine, baby. Like, <laughs> I'm like number eleven. <laughs> um, but but... Yeah, no, this was a, this was a blast. Thank you all for having me. Of course, of course. Of course. Yeah. So um, that's 
Yeah, that's the show. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, don't forget to leave a rating, a review, tell your friends, send them a link, you know, say, I love this awesome podcast it's about <laughs> the sitcom Reba. My favorite Mavs <laughs> content was on this really good Reba podcast. Um, you should check it out. Yeah, it's, it's like super, it's a really easy sell is what we found. Um, that's why we have so many listeners. But yes, thank you for tuning in, and we will catch you next time. See ya.